Most of us uh, in life desire some of the same things. I don't wake up every day and say, Lord, I, I want you to give me success today and I want you to give me favor. I don't usually wake up praying that kind of prayer. I wake up praying and believing and devotions and saying, God, keep your hand on this one and that one and, and minister. But what I do know and what some of you online and some of you in here need to hear this message because God has your name on it. God brought you here, not accidentally, but on purpose to be able to listen carefully. And as a result of that, you're going to change your mind about a couple of things. And as a result of that, you're going to chart a course that's going to bring you into greater favor than you could ever imagine. But often before you get favor, you experience pain. How many understand that? Little pain to go along with the favor that comes. And we know that most people, they want good success. They want good health. That's right. They want God's blessing and they want for the most, I want a happy family. I'd like to have a happy family where, where we all get along. And, and all of us say, I'd love success, happy family, favor, financial blessing. And I'd like it with the least resistance. So if I could just get that and not have to fight for it or have to work for it, then you would be a person that says, I believe in entitlement. Well, that's not in the Bible. But the Bible says that a man is worthy of his hire and favor and blessing comes from God. But we know that God said, I will bless. If you put your shoulder to the wheel and you get up and do your part, anybody with me out there? Well, I knew that you would be. You're going to have to help me out now. Our text reveals that the same desires that we have in our message tonight as it relates to Joshua and his account are the same desires they had then and that we have now. Well, I know what it is for a well-orchestrated plan to fall apart. I know what it is to have a goal or have a dream or something of that nature and it just doesn't happen and you felt crushed. You felt like, wow, I just got stepped on. And the person that stepped on me are those that are supposed to love me most. Well, how do you come out of that? You just shake it off and pick up and move on. And we forget, and I, I don't want this to be a shock to you because I can tell you some of the prosperity ministry would not agree with this, but we sometimes forget that the majority of life is lived against the grain. All right? It's lived against the grain. Very few people that I know that what they've enjoyed in life is handed to them on a silver platter. And if it has been, I've watched the people that was handed to them or they inherited it, I've watched them abuse it or abuse the gift or abuse the blessing because they didn't have personal value in it. Well, I see some of you and I know that you have worked hard in various areas of your life and you have paid the price and you've stuck it out and you got your education and, and you stayed with the company and you bounce when something bad happened, you bounce right back and you let your faith rule. Here's what is against us when you say, I'm a believer. If you're a business person, doctor, whatever the case, a lay person, whatever it is, I'm here to tell you that whatever you choose to do that causes you to walk in the path of God, that Satan is going to oppose you. 
He's going to oppose you. He's going to hinder you. We know that in a message several weeks ago about the supernatural forces of darkness. He's going to do his best to defeat us. I mean, he came right out and said that he's here to seek, to kill, and to what? And to destroy. He said, I make no bones about it. I'd like for you to go down under as quickly as I can make a path to get you there. And that's his goal. It sure is. And he's good. He doesn't sleep day or night. But ultimately, he says, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give up. Now, often, have you noticed this? Satan may not come directly at you. He may not come directly at you. He might, he might not say, I'll tell you what, I'm going to uh, take your job away. He may work in a way that causes you to get weary and well-doing. I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on. And pastor said, God's word says, I'm going to make it if I stick with it. But man, I just got slapped. I got, I got, a, I got a notice that my job's going to end. I, business is not where it needs to be. And, and I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he, here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to do what Job's wife said do. Why don't you just curse God and give up and die? When you really think about that, what kind of an option is that? You know, curse God and die when the only hope that Job had was in God. So we know that that happens. And so tonight in the message, I want to give you three things that have benefited me. I hope that you'll pay attention. And here's number one. You must use faith to act on God's word. Say that with me. You must use faith to act on God's word. What is the only thing that I have that does not change? It's God. What's the one thing that is truth, front, back, up, down? It is the word of the living God. So if I say, this is my foundation. This is what I believe. Then he says, okay, you have the word. You can put your hands on it. But here says, you've got to act and use your faith to act on God's word. So here we go, Joshua 3.14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. So the people of God, here they are. They, uh, they're at the end of 40 years, many of them. Uh, not, not as many as 40 years, but some of them 30 years because that first generation of people, they, they died off. But many of these have had many, many years, some maybe 40, to be wandering around out in the wilderness. Where you been? I don't know. How did you get here? I don't know. Well, did you go through some hard trials? Yeah, we did. One time we didn't have water and you wouldn't believe it, man. Oh, Moses walked up and I'm here to tell you he spanked that rock and water came out. And I mean, we got hungry and Chick-fil-A started raining from the skies. And it was just, it was, it was, it was all nuggets. And, and it just really happened. Anytime we needed water, we needed food. It, it came in the form of manna. We saw that. We know that that really, really, really happened. And we find the people of God at that place. And they have stories that they can tell. You know what? One of the beautiful things about getting together with friends and family, often you'll start getting into stories. Have you noticed that? Man, do you or go back to a high school reunion. And you know what you're looking at? My God, I hope I don't look like that. They aged a lot. Great. Day in the morning. 
They don't even look right. And we say, we got stories to tell. Do you remember, Jeff would say, do you remember, man, when I got on that mechanical bull in high school and I wanted to be the champion? Do you remember that? Yeah, do you remember that? You remember, you remember my mama called and said, don't let him on it? And he said, so I never made it. You remember that? Yeah, tell, tell stories. And, and that's what the children of Israel did at this day. What was it like in the wilderness? How was it like? You've gone through some trials in your life. And stories that you need to tell in the way of testimonies. Things that you've gone through. Things that God enabled you to walk through. Things in your own life that you've experienced that no other person experienced it. And that is a testimony, listen, that you earned. And when you earn a testimony, I promise you, you need to be careful that you don't keep that testimony quiet. Somebody say, Amen. They have stories to tell about how they survived. Moses, their former leader, died, and leadership of the hands fell into Joshua's hands. Do you know there's one thing that men and women take on initially with zero experience? You say, would you, uh, would you just, based right where you, would you take over a company of a uh, hundred people that you employ in that company, would you take it over? Uh, uh, would you would you go down and decide you're going to be the mayor of Lake? Would you just take that over? You'd say I wouldn't do it. I'm not experienced, not in the political arena. No, man, I, I wouldn't know. I don't know anything about HR. But you know what we do? Here's what we do: we get married, and we have zero experience. Are you with me? Zero experience. We don't know the rules of marriage because, sir, you don't know her yet. And, lady, you've only seen the best side of him so far. But you know what we do? You know what? Do you promise to love, cherish, and obey till death do you part? And before you know it, you have said, I do. And her daddy is standing over there saying, you better treat her right. You better make, a muff, make enough money for all her needs to be met. I raised her to get most of what she wants, and now it's on your shoulders. You better behave right, and you better treat her right. And all of a sudden you said, I do. But then here's what we realize. We don't know what we signed up for until a few days after the honeymoon. You with me? A few days after the honeymoon. Come on, give me some words that you think that, that make a healthy marriage that you need to be saying in that marriage. Anybody? I love you. Yes, dear. Right. What's another one? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Yeah. Anybody else? Respect. That's right. You're right. Now, let me ask you guys something. Should you tell her she's beautiful? Even when it might be a little questionable. If you do that, 
do not tell her that you don't really mean it. Or be prepared to say, you're beautiful. If he ever says to you, you are beautiful from the inside out, that is a cop out. We sign up to assume that task, and we have no experience, and we have no record, and we have no testimony until we begin to build our own life. Children come along, and boy, that's then you're thinking college, and it goes on and on and on and on. Moses, or pardon me, Joshua, when he received his task, he was apprehensive, he was reluctant, and he was insecure. How do I follow in the pathway of Moses? How do I fulfill his shoes? And yet, here's what he found out. And this is true in marriage or anything else in the follower of Christ's life. It's, hey, I have to lean on the Word of God. I have to walk on that. Even though I don't understand it, I, I have to stand on that. So here's what God said to Joshua. I know you don't know anything about it. You've just been an observer. And now you are the king daddy, and I'll speak through you to the people. And so God, let me give you encouragement. Joshua 1 verse 5, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor what? nor forsake you. Take that to the bank, Joshua. You stand on that. And in life and in your journey in life and in our walk of faith, there are times that we need to remember that not, God is not against you. Time that we need to remember that God is with us. Time to remember that even though we have floundered and made mistakes, God's loving hand is still there to help us move toward the path of accomplishment as a matter of record, you see, Joshua could easily remember the rebellion of the people that died out in that wilderness. He, he could easily recall how many of them just quit and cursed Moses and said, how dare you bring us out here? He could remember how many retreated away from the task and in fact disobeyed and said, who do you think you are, Moses? And he remembered that when they fought and complained against Moses, that God dealt severely with him. Joshua says, I know all those stories. But listen, in spite of all that, he knew. And this is what I want you to get, one of the things. No matter where you're at right now tonight, no matter where you are right now tonight, do this, activate the Word of God and believe that you're in the threshold of something bigger than you can imagine. All right, you with me? Believe that you're at the threshold of something bigger than you could imagine. And shake off maybe the spirit of weariness. Shake off the spirit of, hey, I don't know if I can take it anymore. Shake off the spirit that tries to deter you shake off the naysayers and said, hey, this is what I believe. If God is with me, I believe that I am at the threshold of a new start of something greater than I could ever imagine in God. Are you with me out there? You stand on that word. You will either activate your faith in the word of God or you won't. You will either believe or you will not believe. 
And that's important every day of your life. And to run the distance, here's what you need to do. I'm standing on faith. But I know that God works through me. I like the old uh, Scottish uh, uh, individual who had a little rowboat service and, and in his community and he got it in a passenger, got in and, and uh, the Scottish had two oars there. He had faith and he had, he had works. And, and so the, the, the little passenger said, hey, what is it with the faith on one oar and works on the other oar? And, uh, and the Scottish gentleman knew, hey, this is a moment to witness. And he said, well, watch. And he pulled in the oar that had works on it and took the oar with faith on it. And he began to row. And the boat just went in a circle round and round. Then he put that one in and put the works oar in the water and began to row. And he went in a different direction, going in circles. He said, oh, he said, that's, that's the difference. But watch. Watch when I put faith and watch what I, when I put works in the water. And he rode with both of them. They moved quickly through the water. And the old Scottish individual said, you see, that's the way it is in the Christian life. Dead works without faith are useless and faith without works is dead and it'll get you nowhere. But faith, but faith and works pulling together will take you safely where you need to go. So what is the moral of the story? We have to work and we have to believe and we have to trust and put our faith and walk it out. And also we activate our faith and God will in fact honor the faith that you have. Some of you are at a stage of blessing right now that you earned. Oh, that's, that's proud. No, you know when I say you earned it, you did not give up. You did not give up. When others did not, did not encourage you, when others had no idea what you were going through, when, when others did not lend a helping hand and they were your Christian brother or your sister, you just kept it in your heart and you picked up. Many a morning you must have cried. Many an evening you must have cried. During the day you must have looked at others. Seemed to be doing well. It seemed like they had all their act together. And here you come. But you put faith and you put works in the water of your life. And where you are tonight is because of God's blessing in your life. Somebody say amen. You see... They did conquer, Joshua did conquer the, the promised land and had good success. But he had to cross the expansive Jordan River. He had to conquer Jericho. He had to defeat the Canaanites and the Hittites. In other words, to enjoy the blessing, he had that fear that he might lose, but he activated his faith. And when he activated his faith and his, emo his emotions were upset, God blessed him. Now, listen, here's a downer for your forward progress in your faith, and it is a defeatist mindset. I can, by the grace of God, I will through the love of Jesus. I shall in Jesus' name. Get rid of the defeatist mindset. Defeatist mindset is a tool of the enemy to get inside your head and make you think there is no hope and you're working and there will be no reward. Never give up. Say that with me. Never give up. Say it again. Never give up. I've learned a few things. A few. Here's what I want to let you know. I've learned that no may not be forever. 
See, part of my personality is I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just drive to the point. I've told people, I've told Sharon. She said, well, I called them and talked to the person in that office, and they didn't know so-and-so. I said, call another person. You call Target. Well, they said so. Call another person. Don't think the person you talk to might be the only answer that's available. You keep calling because potentially you'll find somebody that knows more than the last person you talk to and you'll get what you need. How many know what I'm talking about? You have to say to the enemy repeatedly, you're a liar. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I don't care what you say, what you do. I'm calling on the heavenly father and he's on his way to tear you up. So here it is, God. I'm standing with you. Amen. You can call all you want to. I've told Sharon before. Listen, that person may make $10 an hour, whatever the case, and all they want to do is get rid of your phone call. But you just grease that wheel a little bit. You know what that means? You just keep greasing that wheel. And if it can be done, you'll find it out. Don't give up too quickly. Problems can be solved. Change can't be avoided. Barriers only bring out my potential. Victories must be fought to achieve value. Disappointment doesn't last. Heartbreak does heal. Determination is a matter of choice. Failure is not what? Final, yeah. Falling down is not as bad as falling out. Also, success is my next choice. Every conflict has a hope for a new start. And controversy brings maturity or death. You get to choose. Those are a few things that I've learned. Joshua 1 9 have I not commanded you that strong word command means I require I have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be terrified do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go that's it that's the word and so we know that Jordan represented that great barrier and it was adversity for Joshua and God asked him and said I will give you supernatural empowerment so take the ark here it is imagine that moment get the ark boys so you priest harness up to that ark don't you let it fall down now expect the water put your feet and go to walking. Expect the water to part and stand there while hundreds of thousands of people pass through. This day you will see the salvation of the Lord. Do you know the problem sometimes? We're afraid to activate and to put our foot in the water. Never, never, never give up on something that you know in your heart has been promised to you. Never back up when you know in your heart of hearts that this is God's will for you. You stand and you walk and you believe. And there were barriers. Joshua had been in the wilderness so long that, hey, he, they were willing to take a risk. What do we have to lose? You see, what do we have to lose? Here's another thing that I've learned. 
uh, uh, Sidney Greenborough said, a successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks that others have thrown at him. Do you know what it's like to dodge a few bricks? If you haven't, you're not living straight. Because the minute you wake up and you put together a path that brings God's will and go for the favor that comes from God, somebody's going to throw something at you. And it comes in a lot of different ways. You must believe that miracles are all around you. I can tell you all kinds of stories here. You've heard many of them about how miraculous it is. It's amazing. Someone said to me the other day, Pastor, you remember when we, they were with us, when we drove out on this property for the first time, and all it was was a bunch of trees and pine trees and, and everything else. We had no idea. But you remember driving out here, and, and you, you took a bow saw, and you cut a couple trees down and said, this is the beginning. See what, what we're going to do and see what happens here. Joshua 3, verse 17, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry land in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. I was reading some of the scientific factors about this event. And some of the scientists have said there's a place along the Jordan that is a little community called Adam. It's, uh, it's where that mudslides are prevalent. And since this day, where the water in Jordan piled up and stopped, the scientists say there have been, I believe, five other times that the mudslides got into the riverbed of the Jordan and stop the smooth flow. But only the first time that it happened did it completely block the water from coming down where Joshua was. Somebody said, well, I thought that was supernatural. It was. That's what I believe. But how many of you know that sometime God uses things he created to bring to pass your miracle. Are you with me? To bring to pass your miracle. And so we don't say doubt. What we say is, God, you use someone else to help meet my need. Amazing. You use someone else. You see, here's the point that God says if you believe and that you believe that there are miracles, miracles often come at the hands of people, of institution, or someone that God has tapped to give you favor. And that's why every valley is surrounded by mountains. How many believe that's a strong possibility? Every mountain or every valley has mountains. If it didn't have mountains, it wouldn't be a valley, would it? 
Everybody with me? I believe that life is lived in one of three places. I love this. God gave this to me. He said, you're either in the valley, you're on the side of the mountain, you're on the top of the mountain. One of three places. Do you know where I spend a lot of time? Either climbing up or coming down. And I don't know which one is easiest or easier. Going up or coming down. Y'all with me? Going up? But listen, have you noticed that being on top, you spend less time on top once you're there than you do when you get down in the valley? Why? Because the valley is where we learn our best lessons. And the mountaintops is where we enjoy our success. I got a text right before coming out tonight from individual that in an institution, and I mean tens of thousands of dollars were at stake. And he sent me, uh, sent me this note and said, wow, we got this. They finally agreed that, that to accept this report. And it was wonderful, Pastor. They, they finally agreed to do it. And it was a big, big, big deal, meaning hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I said, somebody needs to say amen. And somebody needs to shout and to celebrate. You see, that's where you are. As we enjoy the journey that we have, and we know that the devil is a liar, and we understand, and we put ourselves to the task, and God brings us favor, we don't get discouraged in well-doing. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And the scripture indicates a season because seasons change. And change often happens in my life and your life because of decisions, good or bad, or changing because someone else made a decision that affected you that created some form of change, or change because God's will, thy will be done, and sometimes we don't expect him to intervene when we say thy will be done. Well, you said thy will be done, didn't you? So I made that adjustment for you, and change because of life's stages that take place. You can enjoy every stage of your life if you choose to. No matter what season you're in, you can enjoy that if you say, I'm claiming that for me, regardless of that change. Here's what else I know. I need a miracle every day. How about you? I need a miracle every day. I need a miracle every day. Miracles are not solely based, though. So if you help me out, they're not based on, well, Pastor, you get miracles. You're good. <laughs> I have a mischievous streak in me about that wide. Anybody out there think it's wider than that? I do. My sisters and I and my brother got together and they started talking about me. Do you remember when Wayne was so and so and so and so? Do you remember what happened? He jumped over that ledge. The rest of us were walking around it. Not Wayne. He jumped over the ledge. 
And when he got there and looked in midair, there were things on the ground when he landed on that ledge. I skimmed my arms and my hands up. Do you remember that? I remember it. I was going to McDonald's to get some French fries. I remember it. But I said to them, you know what? The rest of y'all, you, you take the safe route. But you never know the thrill of what it means if I'd have sailed over that ledge and landed like I should have landed. Y'all wouldn't tell that story. But you like telling the story where I scratched up. You see, in your life, and what I mean is, it's not because that we're good. It's not because we're smart or worthy or not because we're next in line. It's not because we're qualified, what I'm trying to suggest, and not because you maybe didn't handle the last one right, but it's there because God says, hey, I've given you favor. I will stand with you. Whatever comes against you, I will be there, and we don't count on that. God has given us his word. So here he is, Joshua, Joshua 1, 3, and 5. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, uh, aid, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I had a testimony a few weeks ago that said I was listening online and I had calculated to listen and then to commit suicide and take my life. But I'm writing you to let you know that message saved my life. Naturally, we got counseling for that person, encouraged them. You never know what's right around the corner if you live safely. But when you activate your faith on the promise of God, on his word, life will become very, very interesting. Amen? Joshua said, I believe God will give us a miracle. He activated his faith and away he went. Tom Newman said, and I share with you, nothing and no one can prevent God's plan from being fulfilled in your life except your decision to give up on that plan. I want to encourage you. Life is real. Buckle up and live it to the fullest. Live it to the fullest. That's the beauty of God that God for you, my dear saint of God, for you, for you, business owner, for you, housewife, for you, office worker, for you, creative arts person, whoever you might be. Listen to me. God has his hand on you. And there's something as you are on the threshold of something bigger and better than you could ever imagine. But it'll take you putting the elbow grease in Activating your faith, getting up and going when you don't want to, and still trusting God. It will happen because it happened with God and Joshua. And if it happened for them and it happens for me, we'll see great and mighty things. Amen. Would you stand? Father God, I thank you 
this uh, evening for the grace that you've given us. I thank you because I, I know that without a shadow of a doubt, you are God. I thank you for the hearts of those that are listening online. God, you have stirred the heart of a weary heart tonight. You have challenged a non-believer tonight. You have reached down and touched an individual, God, that was on the road to personal destruction and discouragement. You have given your word, and your word brings courage and strength and encouragement. It is not by might nor by power, but by your precious Holy Spirit. And so we are standing on truth tonight. So God, whatever it is you need to do in the life of whoever it is you want to minister to, then God do that in the name of Jesus. Our hearts will not be weary. We will buckle up and we will walk forward in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of our God who never, ever fails. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you, maybe some of you are not right with Jesus and you want to, uh, you want to trust God and believe God. And you want to pray the prayer of faith. So I'm going to ask you, everyone here and at home, to repeat this prayer with me. Would you do that? Let it be an action step of faith on your part. And if you're a little quasi about your commitment to Jesus, you're about to make it rock solid. You're about to pray and ask God to take whatever sins that might hinder you and give you peace that passes all understanding. So here we go. Are you ready? Repeat it. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus, thank you for Jesus who, died for my sins. who died for my sins. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I'm, asking I'm asking you to forgive me, to forgive me and create in me new life. New life. I, am sorry. I am sorry. I messed up, I messed up. And, I am and I am ashamed. But here's what I know. You're a God of love. You're a God of forgiveness. You're a God of compassion. And you're a healing God. You are a healing God. So in your name, so in your name I, believe, I believe not by might or power, by might, by power but, by faith, but by faith I receive, I receive who, you are who you are and what you have for me. I claim my promise. I claim my promise. I claim my promise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and let's thank God. Shall we put those hands and we thank you, Jesus. Here's what I know. Some of you came in this room tonight and some of you watching online, you've been pushed around enough. You've been pushed around enough. And you know what will keep you from responding online? You say, well, I'm, I'm not at the church. I can't go to the altar. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do online. I'm going to ask you to go to a place private in your home. And I want you to get on your knees. And I want you to talk to God just for a few minutes. And then here's what I want you to do. If you watched on Facebook, I want you to let us know that God spoke to your heart. Or I want you to call the church, the answering service, or they may pick up and say, I'm just sharing a testimony. God done something for me. In other words, find a way to take an action step for what God did for you, even though you're at home. Now, in this room, if you believe that the devil is a liar and you receive 
what you feel God has said to you, you receive it. I'm going to ask you to come down and say, I'm just bringing, I'm bringing the promise down and I'm sealing the deal by the grace of God. As we sing and worship, those of you that need to come, you come on. They're going to worship for another five minutes or so. And we're going to trust God. If you have to leave, God bless you. You're welcome to slip out. If you want to sit down and say, I want to be a part of the worship, do that. But whatever God is directing you to do, do it in the name of Jesus. And I believe God will be honored. God bless you, everybody. Amen.